Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer says his panel has uncovered evidence that in 2018, current President Joe Biden received a $200,000 direct payment from his brother and sister-in-law. Comer is demanding the president answer questions about financial arrangements with members of his family. Comer has been leading an investigation into the Biden family's business dealings and whether the president was involved in those ventures or personally benefited from them. A White House spokesman said today it was a repayment for a loan the president had previously given. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 22nd of October, year of our Lord, 2023. And oh my God, we have direct checks and stuff. We got checks. There's all sorts of stuff. It's proof. You got money. But I'm, you know, I mean, it's never going to touch that shit. They're not going to, they're not going to fucking touch that. Why would they fucking touch that? It would make too much goddamn sense. There's even a Joe Biden purchases luxury beach home for $2.75 million in all cash just weeks after Hunter Biden sitting there with his father shook down his Chinese business partner for a multi-million dollar deal. There it is. Woo. There it is. Woo. There it is. Woo. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, but we're not going to talk about that. No. We're, we're not going to. We're not going to cover that. Mm. Come on, folks. The fuck? He's perfect. So let's, uh, before we get in, you know, the usual. Got some hostile. Okay. Mumble, 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 mumble. We're going to start off uh, with the uh, commander in chief. Uh, frustrating. Biden, I know many of you in the Muslim American community are outraged saying to yourself, here we go again with Islamophobia and stress we saw after 9-11. Nor McDonald. What terrifies me the most is if ISIS were to detonate a nuclear device and kill 50 million Americans, imagine the backlash against peaceful Muslims. Because that's what our media would do. All right, that, that's, that's how they do it. Then we got Joe Biden saying, the assault on Israel echoes nearly 20 months of war inflicted on the people of Ukraine. What the flying fucks that got to do with... What? what? Biden gets speech about problems he helped create through weakness, while, which Russia saw in invading Ukraine, the catastrophic... Catastrophic... 
humiliating departure from Afghanistan, his enabling of Iran, which continues today, is why Israel's under attack in the Middle East is on the brink. Are you blaming a U.S. president for adversaries invading all countries of the other side of the world? Pavlich makes up shite. No, no, it's pretty much the truth. about their daily lives. And I know many of you in the Muslim American community, the Arab American community, the Palestinian American community, and so many others are outraged and hearty, saying to yourselves, here we go again with Islamophobia and distrust we saw after 9-11. Just last week, a mother was brutally stabbed a little boy here in the United States, a little boy of innocent Palestinians who only want to live in peace and have an opportunity. You know, the assault on Israel echoes nearly 20 months of war, tragedy, and brutality inflicted on the people of Ukraine, people that were very badly hurt since Putin launched his all-out invasion. We've not forgotten the mass graves, the bodies found bearing signs of torture, rape used as a weapon by the Russians. And thousands and thousands of Ukraine folks, you know, we 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 just got problems, man. We 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 these are not serious goddamn people. Listen to this. Blinken held listening session with Muslim, Arab American, and Jewish staffers amid growing internal frustration over the department's handling of the Israel Israeli Hamas war. Cause they, you know, we'll get into it. They want stuff like just give it all back. Biden, after I signed the Inflation Reduction Act, some claimed our tougher tax enforcement policy would go out for middle class families. Today's number prove otherwise. Congressional Republicans may not like it, but I'm going to make sure the wealthy pay what they owe. As of yesterday, it was reported that Biden's inflation has increased again, further harming middle class America because it wasn't an Infl- Inflation Reduction Act. It was a Green Energy Act. You bragged about it. There is no politician better suited to lead than Abide. In fact, he's become the emotional leader of Israel, which lacks a leader of their own with empathy. That's our media, Jennifer Rubin. That's our media. And you know what angers me the most is that his speech was garbage. And, you know, there was a insurrection and it's nowhere. We had a Rashida Tlaib Hamas erection yesterday on Capitol Hill, and we're going to break down how it all happened. Also, President Biden barely coherent returning from Israel on Air Force One, will play what we think he said. And Kamala Harris, barely coherent, you know, just in everyday life. That's all coming up on this episode of Larry, brought to you by the Electronic Payments Coalition, right now. Well, what happened on Capitol Hill yesterday would normally be called a protest or demonstration, but ever since January 6th, it's treason and insurrection. The comparisons are impossible not to make. Let's begin with the person who incited 
all the violence that happened at the Cannon Office building. Rashida Tlaib, Congresswoman from Michigan, representing Hamas. Continue to watch people think it's okay to bomb a hospital with children. Now, if you've been watching our program the last couple of days, you know that Rashida Tlaib, Congresswoman in good standing with the Democrat Party, just lied. She lied. It's the big lie, in fact, because it inspired that mob that you just heard getting angrier and angrier and angrier. She just said, oh, why are we pretending it's okay to bomb a hospital and little children? A hospital was not bombed. Uh, you saw the evidence. We all saw the evidence. It appears to be an errant rocket that that the terrorists actually shot. They were aiming at innocent Israelis, which I don't think would make Rashida Tlaib fake cry the way we're seeing her do now. Uh, and it wasn't a bomb in any way whatsoever. And oh, by the way, it doesn't appear to have hit the hospital. Have you noticed there's no video footage of the bombed out hospital? All we've seen is video of the parking lot right in front of the hospital. Now, it's possible that hundreds of little children were in the parking lot at the moment of that explosion. And that would be tragic, but we don't have any evidence of that either. But here's Rashida Tlaib delivering a big lie, if I may say, a blood libel against Israel, suggesting that they bombed a hospital and killed little children. You know what's so hard sometimes is watching those videos and and the people telling the kids don't cry and like, let them cry. And they're shaking and some of you know this, they keep telling them not to cry in Arabic. They, do, they can cry, I can cry, we all can cry. If we're not crying, something is wrong. And so I'm telling you right now, President Biden, not all America's with you on this one. And you need to wake up and understand that. We are literally, literally watching people commit genocide and killing the vast majority just like this. And we still stand by and say nothing. We will remember this, but all of you, you need to know, I swear to God, why you have Allah. You are on the right side of history. You are. You're doing everything possible to save lives. What is wrong with that? Stop it with trying to try to politicize this. Okay, couple things. First of all, really nice pre-printed signs there. Those aren't cheap. Who's paying for all of that? Uh, listen to the word she used too. Genocide. We're trying to stop genocide. Now, maybe when you're talking about the state of Israel, a nation that was created immediately after the Holocaust, the attempted genocide of the Jewish people in Europe, six million died. Uh, maybe the whole reason for Israel being is to avoid a, a potential Holocaust again, maybe because of that, you shouldn't just throw around genocide willy nilly there when you're talking about them and their actions, their defensive actions, their retaliatory actions against the slaughter of over a thousand of their citizens. Just a hunch. I don't know. I'm not a congresswoman, but maybe you should be more judicious when you use the word genocide. Another thing, you heard the emotion. You heard the call to action to that angry mob out there. You heard them. She was saying, you're doing the right thing. You're on the right side of the history. You're stopping the killing of innocent people. That's inspiring. That inspires a person to, well, even break the law, which is exactly what they did. They charged into the Cannon Office building right across the street 
from the Capitol. And, and, and if you're trying to make it, well, this wasn't the Capitol building like January 6th. Let's be clear. The Cannon Office Building is an extension of the Capitol complex. It's where congressmen and their staffs have their offices. And even more importantly, it's where a lot of the committees meet. When you see, um, you know, the, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, if you see the Oversight Committee on TV, you know, if you're watching C-SPAN, you see the Judiciary Committee meeting. They're not over on Capitol Hill. They're in buildings just like this. Committee meetings go on right there. The business of Congress is happening, and this is what occurred. Seems kind of insurrection, doesn't it? Seems a little disruptive. Seems like it's illegal trespassing. Illegal trespassing and disruption of a congressional proceeding are exactly the charges that were used to convict so many of the people on January 6th. There were some arrests made. Not sure what the charges were. They haven't released that. The Capitol Police love to find out. Also important to look at how these people were organized, as I just mentioned. You know, who's paying for all of this? Not just the signs. What about the coordination? The whole thing seemed very choreographed, and Bob Fosse has passed away, so you can't blame him. Well, according to John Hassan, a town hall reporter, um, he was able to get with Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who had taken pictures of people's phones. This is really great. This is a group chat set up on WhatsApp. Let me blow it up for you. See the name of the group they put together? Global Intifada. Wow. That's catchy. What does that mean? Intifada, it sounds so exotic. Yeah, intifada means resistance. It means rebellion. It means revolution. The last time intifada was employed in the context of uh, Palestine and Israel, it was uh, young children throwing Molotov cocktails under the direction of PLO terrorist leader Yasser Arafat at innocent Israeli citizens until they got their own way. This isn't new. This is what they've been doing. For decades now. And here, the people who stormed into this congressional office building, they called themselves the Global Intifada. That's cute. But as John here points out, he uh, circled this one person. Their name is Katerina Bleckley. Huh. That's not a common name. This person who's, who's coordinating and part of the Global Intifada that just broke the law on Capitol Hill. Who is Katrina Bleckley? Well, According to Business Insider, and, and let's just be clear here, there could be another Katrina Blackley, right? Could be. And that other Katrina Blackley is the one who just trespassed on Capitol Hill, broke several laws, and is part of the Global Intifada group. This Katrina Blackley, though, was a lead attorney at Southern Poverty Law Center and also calls herself a migrant liberator, a, a an ab abolitionist. Hashtag free Palestine. Um, I guess it's possible that there are two Katrina Bleckleys that both hold the exact same radical political positions and only one of them decided to break the law yesterday. But I think logic suggests that this is the same person. A lead attorney for the Southern Poverty Law Center, the group that goes around calling any conservative group out there racist and a hate group.
She works for them in a high position. Nice reporting there, John Hessen. Um, all right, uh, a little bit more scenes from there. Uh, here, this is great. This is Representative Williams who decided to greet the protesters with a certain banner in silent protest. I play him because he, he succinctly covers the facts. The fact of the matter is, this would be impeachable. Are you anybody else? But it's not because he's a Democrat. Then we had this. White House admits they accidentally doxed U.S. Special Forces by posting an uncensored photo of them with Biden and Israel. As soon as this was brought to our attention, we immediately deleted the photo, regret the error, and many, any issue that may happen. Well, the problem is everybody in the fucking world saw that. White House team shared this picture last night, added the black boxes without blurring or censoring the faces of the Delta Force operators, CAG. First response, this White House is so incompetent as to endanger U.S. Special Forces, they always regret their errors, like the time Biden droned an innocent family attendant in Afghanistan. Folks, this is bad shit. You, you don't do this. You know, I was just a regular old guy. Infantry dude, 101st, nobody. We didn't give out our identities. We burned our fucking mail. So people couldn't see our addresses because they were found guys going through the trash. But yeah. Yeah, he's the greatest uh, the greatest fucking president of all time. He's a god. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I'm trying to set up something. Give me two seconds. I'm fucked up today. I had my shit all swapped around, so I'm trying to find the fucking the predicate for this next soundbite. It's a good soundbite, but I gotta find why it is. And before we get into... uh well, we're going to do some upfront squad shit on Hamas, but I want to do some stuff before we get there. Flashback. Hillary Clinton warned of a war under Donald Trump. In a 2016 stump speech, candidate Hillary Clinton laid out a possible dark future of war should Donald Trump become president. Let's go back in time. Doodly do, doodly It's not hard to imagine Donald Trump leading us into a war just because somebody got under his very thin skin. Americans aren't just electing a president in November. We're choosing our next commander in chief, the person we count on to decide questions of war and peace, life and death. And like many across our country and around the world, I believe the person the Republicans have nominated for president cannot do the job. (laughs) 
He is temperamentally unfit to hold an office that requires knowledge, stability, and immense responsibility. So then what? War? Telling the world, good luck, you deal with Iran? Of course, Trump doesn't have answers to those questions. Donald Trump doesn't know the first thing about Iran. Now imagine Donald Trump sitting in the Situation Room, <laughs> making life or death decisions on behalf of the United States. Imagine him deciding whether to send your spouses or children into battle. Kind of funny, ain't it? Kind of funny, because uh, let's be honest, there was no wars under Trump. There are wars under Mr. Biden. So um, let's do ugly up front. We got plenty of ugly today. Um, we're we're going to do uh, Congressman Cory Bush. What we're going to do is call yesterday's courageous and nonviolent anti-war pro-peace demonstration an insurrection. This was good trouble, civil disobedience. And let's be clear, January 6th was not civil disobedience. It was an insurrection. Civil disobedience has been used throughout history to fight back against oppression, violence, and injustice. It's been used to protest the Vietnam War, South African apartheid, Jim Crow. Sorry, just a second. I made it small. Civil disobedience is about undetermined criminalized in attempts to pressure the status quo. For example, Nelson Mandela. Mandela. It's no surprise far-right extremists are trying to criminalize and silence dissent, but we must reject these harmful attempts. The right to participate in civil disobedience is fundamental to our democracy, freedom of speech, and assembly. I am sending love to our siblings in St. Louis, Washington, D.C., and across the world in good trouble pushing for a ceasefire now. Know this congressional love, congresswoman loves you and will do whatever in my power. Dada, 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 dada. She can say whatever she wants. They can be. This is back to pre fucking. Michael Bush, you know, AstroTurf when there was the Tea Party protesting with black people carrying guns. Remember that shit? Um, the most patriotic thing is to call your president a monkey and a war criminal. But then when you got Obama, you're a fucking piece of shit. You're just a fucking piece of shit. Arrests in the Canyon Rotunda and the Rolling Road closures are ongoing. Amongst these arrested, three people have been arrested charged with assault on a police officer. Uh, the reality is, if they die, we won't say they died. Other, we can't bomb our way to peace. My colleagues must join me and call for ceasefire now. Let's ask the imperialist Japan, what do they think about it? But that, That's her, because she wants the other people. The networks give the squad a pass on Palestinian hospital disinformation. Rashida Tlaib, um... You know, this, we have a whole cottage industry right now that their sole purpose is disinformation and misinformation. Even Potato, we got Potato today, and he's actually speaking truth. Israel just bombed the Baptist hospital, killing 500. They never receded this stuff. Here's uh, Ilian Omar, a total fucking is 
La missed. Yeah, bombing a hospital. War crimes. They're just outspoken. We'll hear that in a second. Omar and them were all, and we'll do it in our lefty section. You know, maybe I'll pay. I'll just play it now. It's uh, it's good stuff. This is uh, Omar calls Fox Hillary Vaughn a crazy lady for asking very fair and germane questions about Hamas. Omar otherwise ignored all questions about getting in an elevator. Again, why is Hillary the only reporter asking the squad? Because let's be honest, that the, these people don't think they have to. Are you okay with Hamas terrorists continuing to exist? How can Israeli have a ceasefire? Ignore the crazy lady. Senator Tester, why did you vote to allow mass boycotts of Israeli products by anti-Semitic activists? Now, I, I know it's silly to go back in time, but how do you not, when these very same people had hissy fits over the previous president's comments, statements, specifically CNN? <laughs> Stupid, loser, sit down, very nasty, racist. Those are the words that President Trump used speaking to three of my colleagues this week. Three journalists, three black women. They are Yamish Alcindor, April Ryan, and Abby Phillip. These are three consummate professionals, A grade. They can take these insults. They don't need me sticking up for them, but still. There is something so wrong with this. It is beyond disturbing. It is ugly, and I'm angry. And if you missed it, here you go. Um, on the campaign trail, you called yourself a nationalist. Some people saw that as emboldening white nationalists. Now people are also saying that the president- I don't know why you'd that say that. Pres- such a racist there question. Some people- Sit down, please. Sit down. I didn't call you. I didn't call you. I didn't call you. I'll give you voter suppression. Excuse me, I'm not responding to you. I'm talking to this gentleman. Will you please sit down? The same thing with April Ryan. I watch her get up. I mean, you talk about somebody that's a loser. She doesn't know what the hell she's doing. She gets publicity, and then she gets a pay raise, or she gets a contract with, I think, CNN. But she's very uh, nasty. It's up to him. Do you want him to rein in Robert Mueller? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. But I watch you a lot. You ask a lot of stupid questions. Trump loves to punch. But this is something else. This feels personal. Among the multiple 
reporters this president has insulted this week. Three are African-American women. And these are not only fair questions they are asking of him. These are the most important questions about this White House. And it pushes his buttons. And this is where he goes. Oh, and the president today talks about respect. And now, let me just take a minute. Because I want to underscore, no matter how you feel about Omarosa, mark the date, uh, August 14th, 2018, the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, the planet's most powerful person, is calling an African-American woman a dog. Unfortunately, it is something that America has heard before. You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account Only Rosie several... O'Donnell. No, it wasn't. That was three years ago. Today, 20 months after being elected president, he is calling a woman a dog. At a time when we teach our children not to bully, to be respectful, the president is anything but. I mean, his own wife? kicked off a campaign urging kids to be best, to keep it positive on social media. Listen to all the juvenile and hateful names he has called people since taking oath. We made a list. Loser, fraud, dumb, dumbest, dumb as a rock, crazy, flunky, low IQ, Pocahontas, fat, unhinged, low life, deranged, wacky. It, I'm just going to stop there because this is depressing. These are all words used by the president to describe people in public on Twitter. And if you think someone is crazed and a lying low life, don't just brag that someone else fired her. Own up, Mr. President. You hired her knowing all of this. You gave her a top job, access, and a platform. With you the may have an investigation because it's a hoax. Are you That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation? Mr. President. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. I, I think that's unfair. You're a very rude person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't treat people that way. Go ahead. In, in, go in ahead, Jim, Peter. Go in, ahead. In Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts. Well, I'm not like a big fan of, of yours either. So I understand. Know, to be honest. So let, me, so let me ask you a question, if I can. You repeatedly you said are, you are the best, Mr. President. You repeatedly over the course okay, of the just sit down, please. Well, when you when you report fake news, no, when you report fake news, which CNN does a lot. You are the enemy of the people. Go ahead. Mr. President, over the course, over the course of the last several days of the campaign. And, right. and if you did it well, your ratings well, let me would be ask, much better. If I, if I okay, may ask enough. one other question. Mr. President, if I may, if I may uh, ask Peter, one other ahead. question, are you worried? That's enough. That's Mr. enough. Mr. President, I, well, that's I was going to ask one of the, the other folks. That's had, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. Excuse President, me. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other Peter, question, if I may ask, on, on the Russia investigation. Are you concerned that... That you may have I'm not concerned about anything with the Russian investigation because it's a hoax. Are you, That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation? 
Mr. President. The White House is suspending CNN chief White House correspondent Jim Acosta's press pass until further notice. The word came down hours after Acosta asked the president questions at the news conference this afternoon. Jim joins us now. So take us through what's going on. Yeah, I, I went back to the White House actually to do a, a live shot for your program uh, just before 8 o'clock. And when I arrived at the gate, the Secret Service came out and informed me uh, that my press credentials uh, were being, uh, I guess, revoked temporarily, suspended, and uh, the Secret Service officer came over to me and asked me to uh, hand over my credential. And I did. And I told him, I said, listen, I know you're a professional, you're just doing your job, uh, and uh, thanks for your service. And handed him my a credential I've had for five years. Um, I want to read a reaction from a few of your colleagues covering uh, the White House. Jeff Mason uh, from Reuters just tweeted, I was seated next to Acosta at today's press conference and did not witness him placing his hands, that's in quotes, on the young intern, as the White House alleges. He held onto the microphone as she reached for him. Peter Baker from the New York Times tweeted, false predicate to punish a reporter. This is what the president wants. If he really thought at Acosta was unfair, then why did he call on him? Because he wants the confrontation. And Maggie Haberman tweeting, Acosta, who the White House is alleging, quote, placed his hands on the young intern, said, quote, pardon me, ma'am, as he tried to ask his question. Um, I also want to read a statement uh, that, that CNN's just released. The statement reads, the White House announced tonight that it has revoked the press pass of CNN chief White House correspondent Jim Acosta. It was done in retaliation for his challenging questions at today's press conference. In an explanation, Press Secretary Sarah Sanders lied. She provided fraudulent accusations and cited an incident that never happened. Okay, I know it's a little long, but we remember these things. We don't need Google. For God's sake, you people, fucking have some fucking integrity. So fucking embarrassing. Do some fun shit up front. Elon Musk removes the New York Times verification bad following a flood of false information about the Gaza war. And they are just butthurt. But you know what? Yeah, that's that's fine. After he does his thing, where'd he go? Yeah, he left. He went to the beach again. I mean, this president doesn't do shit. He just doesn't do shit. And, and I don't understand how everybody just still thinks he's the greatest shit ever. I rarely play this guy because I don't fucking like him. But here's a little Jesse Waters on the president. Tonight, the world is on the brink and the White House is panicking because Joe Biden's president. The United States now sponsoring a double proxy war against the Iranians and the Russians. China's eyeing Taiwan and North Korean weapons were just discovered in Gaza. The State Department has just issued a worldwide travel warning to all countries. When's the last time that's happened? Americans aren't even safe in France. Our enemies are being mobbed by angry Muslims. Our military bases are under attack in Iraq. And we just had to shoot down two Iranian-made missiles. How was your week? While this right now breaks, Putin is in China meeting with Xi, where they're coordinating Mideast policy. Two American carrier strike groups are in the Mediterranean, and Biden just tested one of our new nuclear weapons, detonating a massive bomb in Nevada. And we keep catching Middle Easterners sneaking across the secure southern border. Axios reports top officials say this has been the, quote, heaviest, most chilling week since Biden took office. The Biden administration is, quote, rattled, according to this report. Doesn't that make you feel safe? 
They say this matrix of crises pose an epic concern and historic danger. Washington fears these wars can spread. But have no fear. Last night, Joe Biden announced he's a wartime president. This morning, I returned from Israel. <clears throat> they tell me I'm the first American president to travel there during the war. I boarded a train with blacked out windows for a 10-hour ride each way to Kiev to stand with the people of Ukraine. I'm told I was the first American to enter a war zone not controlled by the United States military since President Lincoln. We cannot and will not let terrorists like Hamas and tyrants like Putin win. I refuse to let that happen. Biden's a proxy wartime president. Ignore the fact that his policies got us into these proxy wars. So forget Bidenomics. Biden is running as General Patton. It's an election year. War sells. The Inflation Reduction Act doesn't. Here's proof. Biden's getting slaughtered by Trump in almost every swing state. Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. Biden loses in a landslide if the election was today. So Biden's pivoting. He's running on guns and butter. Biden's asking Congress for $100 billion. But Biden says, don't worry. The taxpayers are just funding defense contractors. These proxy wars are made in America. We send Ukrainian equipment sitting in our stockpiles. And when we use the money allocated by Congress, we use it to replenish our own stores, our own stockpiles with new equipment. Equipment that, def that defends America and is made in America. Patriot missiles for air defense batteries made in Arizona. Artillery shells manufactured in 12 states across the country in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Texas. And so much more. You know, just as in World War II, today patriotic American workers are building the arsenal of democracy and serving the cause of freedom. Biden's proxy wars, same thing as his jobs plan. We're building back better an arsenal of democracy. Biden loves democracy everywhere in the world except here. Here he's arresting Trump. Now, if it seems like Biden's funding all sides of these wars, it's because he is. He's sending $6 billion to the Iranians, $100 million to Hamas, $14 billion to Israel, $60 billion to Ukraine, $5 billion to the Saudis, and $2 billion for Taiwan. Biden's like a Vegas bookkeeper, because the big guy's getting in on the backside, too. The Chinese, the Russians, the Ukrainians are sending his family millions. And it's not like anyone's tracking the money, because the Pentagon lost $6 billion in Ukraine. And Biden's State Department is admitting, yeah, Hamas is probably going to get their hands on the aid. Is he wrong? Is anything he said wrong? I, mean, I don't like the guy. But is he wrong? No. No, he's not wrong. In America, this guy who made memes, he goes to prison. He goes to prison. Seven months to trick voters. We're, we're still persecuting the people we don't like. The people that don't vote for us. We have this still. Affidavits from the 2020 election. There are six warrant affidavits, counterfeit mail-in ballots in Fulton County alone. We all know Fulton County was bullshit. Everybody knows it. And it doesn't matter how fucking... Sw slick the media gets does anybody believe this Ox Axios headline the border open is a myth 
I'm not even going to read it. Our country is so bad we can't get people in, and part of it is the 77% are too fat or mentally ill and on drugs. You can't go in on drugs. Can't. We have a media, and these are just little things, because we're about to do Hamas. Dude gets beat up. What the fuck is a person experiencing homelessness? Oh, I know. It's like the pregnant people shit. You have PolitiFact. Wax America's prosperity as mostly false for true claim on tax hike. There is a tax hike. We're all going to get a tax hike. It was in there. I mean, what the fuck, people? You literally have Roy Wood Jr. comparing his job to being a Marine. I'm not playing it because it made me too fucking angry. And then... You have these sound bites back to back. Here is Bill Maher once again having to crack down on a Bernie bro for lying and saying the New York Times headline was horrible. And Mr. Fucking Potato saying the media was lazy on the hospital. You know, sometimes, Dan, you're out there criticizing the media, and I want to defend the media, but there is no defense here. This was an atrocious uh, series of mistakes by many different major newsrooms all around the same time on Tuesday. And unfortunately, I don't think there's been enough follow-up or accountability to make sure it doesn't happen again. I've noticed oftentimes in breaking news stories, breaking news scenarios, when information is lowest, interest is highest. And by the time we actually know the facts, people move on. Well, this was one of those cases, but it was even worse because when the stakes are highest, it seems the standards were the lowest and it should be the opposite. The standards should be the highest when the stakes are as high as they are right now. What are you most concerned about in terms of the media coverage that that we've seen so far? I don't know why this was called a strike right away. Why not an apparent explosion? I don't know why reporters went with those huge reports of death, of, of deaths, hundreds of alleged deaths, when it had only been 30 or 60 minutes since the explosion. Common sense would indicate that we didn't know yet how many people might have died. There is no doubt this was a tragedy at the hospital, but there was this rush to judgment based on a one-sided story from a whatever the opposite of a reliable source is. And that's what was so disturbing about Tuesday. And like I said, because there hasn't been a follow-up, a kind of series of accountability, uh, I'm worried that it could keep happening. Let me ask you the big picture question. Do you think this is based on a, a bias in the media against Israel? Is it just laziness? What, what's the reason? I think it's it's more about laziness. It's more about a rush to report whatever is new. I mean, that's the, the case. Now, I don't want to get you in trouble with the people who write your paycheck, but the New York Times is the story somewhat this, this week because they put out a headline, uh, Israeli strike, the, the horrible ha- happening at the hospital, the hospital in, in Gaza was blown up. I'm not quite sure why this is quite the scandal they think it is, but I, I agree, it's a, it's a terrible headline. Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospital, Palestinians say. That was the headline. I feel like putting Palestinians say at the end of it saves their bacon a little bit. It's kind of, I mean, you, you could interpret that like Palestinians say. But I agree, it's terrible to just put the first part, Israeli strike kills hundreds, when we know now it did not. 
Uh, so without trying... You know you're fucked up when Mr. Potato's saying you're fucked up. I mean, I skipped over it. So two weeks, a bunch of people on here shared a claim that Israel had destroyed the Orthodox Church of St. Morphorphus and turned out that it was untouched. Last night, the same propaganda from Tuesday's hospital blast again, and it was destroyed, left in ruin, and 450 dead. Same propaganda is lying every time. It's intentional. You can exactly, you can see exactly what outlets learned something from Tuesday and which ones did not. And here's this picture. But the reality is our media is going to do the same thing they do in elections. It is always the same game. And the game is you fucking lie. You spread false stories because it gets your side PR wins. And then you go back and clean it up, but it doesn't matter because it's too late. It's gone. They don't learn. Auxiliary story, which I hope I got it. I'm, I'm, my slides are fucked. Everything I'm doing today is just fucked up. I apologize. There it is. Disney is desperate to sell ESPN, so desperately they released ESPN's financials for the first time ever. Profit is plunging, and they can't afford to re-up existing NBA and college football pl playoff packages and continue to make a profit in years ahead. Yikes. It's amazing to me how many sports journalists and business media only have the ability to cover what exists now and can't see what's coming. Why did ESPN suddenly have 20-plus years open up their books and share it? Because they want the store to be what's now St streaming isn't the answer. ESPN Plus is losing money, blah, 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 blah. But what it really comes down to is you stop covering what people wanted to hear, which was fucking sports. It's like Kelly Clarkson and our fun today. You know, she says, I don't want to hear about Taylor Swift and dude. I want to hear scores. I'm sure Taylor Swift and dude don't want to be in the, in the sports, but they're there because our media, it doesn't matter what that media is, have lost the thread. It's the sweater song by Weezer. They just have gone, we got to get Democrats elected and we don't do what we're supposed to do anymore. Nothing's more evident than us bringing back the past and I won't play any past videos but remember even though they're saying the Jews should all die and that Hamas isn't terrorist and those babies heads weren't chopped up and literally lying their asses off for Nazi motherfuckers I mean like they call mega turds Nazis I mean, call them turds. I, you know, I, I just look at both sides. As, well, how could you fall in love with any of these fucking losers? I mean, they're just fucking losers. We haven't had a decent... I've never voted for a president. I voted against motherfuckers, but I never voted for somebody. They're garbage. But we're so bought into the I vote for the D and the R behind the name. They're my person that we lose our fucking minds and we cult. We just full-fledged cult on the dumbest shit you defend real Nazis while you call your opposition Nazis I mean what the fucking fuck over what 
So to defend what we got to defend because it's an election year, they may be rooting for them to chop off Jews' heads and exterminate the Jews and one-state solutions, which means the Jews are all dead because that's what these people want. And I, I laugh because it's horrible, but it's just... Fuck, your idiots. If you actually believe anybody doesn't know what that means. But just like George Floyd, when we're burning cities down, killing gay people in Portland, they're mostly peaceful. For yet another night, we've seen hundreds of people taking to the streets here in Amman in a show of protest, a show of solidarity with the Palestinian people, but of course, crucially, in protest against Israel's airstrikes on the besieged Gaza Strip. And of course, it's important to remember that on this very day, we had anticipated to see a summit uh, chaired by King Abdullah of Jordan, of course, with President Joe Biden, as well as the president of Egypt and the Palestinian Authority. That summit was cancelled following uh, the attack on the Al-Ahli hospital uh, inside Gaza. And as you can see here, this has really ignited an outpouring of anger, of outrage, of condemnation amongst the population here in Jordan. And it is important to know that this isn't the first time we've seen protests. In fact, this has been a daily occurrence here in Jordan uh, since the beginning of this war. It's important to remember that around half of the population in this country are either Palestinian or of Palestinian descent. A little further away from the protest, just so that we can speak to you now and get a good signal. But I have to say, behind us, where we are, the streets are packed. There are hundreds of people here uh, chanting their solidarity with the Palestinian people. Where they are, just behind me, is just a few meters away from the Israeli embassy. And we saw yesterday hundreds of people gathering. Some protesters even attempting to storm the Israeli uh, embassy. So we have seen a bit of an increase in the security presence here, although it has been mostly. Uh, peaceful but look this is fuck me man i thought we put that to bed but no no we didn't so let's go into the uh rings of hell um Representative Omar is facing some very, very scary death threats right now and has said she's worried for her children's safety. And yet here is the NRCC a few minutes ago fanning this disgusting propaganda. Everyone, we should condemn Hamas and their violence. The squad. And one voicemail left on her office, a male caller said, I wish that someone would kill you and put you in hell. Another male caller said they should drop dead for supporting fucking terrorists. You're, you work for this country, the caller continues. Pull your fucking head out of your fucking turban-wearing ass and fucking see the light of day, you fucking dumbass, terrorist-supporting piece of shit. The caller claimed Omar was being spied on, also said the group targeted her and hacked in all her accounts and were allegedly preparing to poison her and her family. Allegations are going to call you, and we get to watch the internet, the caller says. Replies, I don't want either of them harmed... Two, there is zero lies in that meme. It's never proven. There's never any truth. Ever. Never, ever, 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 any proof that this ever happens. And here's the reality. I by no means believe that you should... Um, I'm so fucked up. I have a fucking woke slide coming up, so I got to kill that fucking thing. Um, 
I, I, for a million years, you shouldn't threaten people. It goes back to what I've been saying since we got on this. I started grabbing a mic or my phone, for fuck's sake. You do you. I am still down with that concept. I still believe we should have that concept. We don't. But I think we should. And the reality is... Do do you read what your side says? I mean, I remember saying I was... Once again, stumbled across the show. I'm an independent. I'm not mega. I don't like the GOP. I don't like the DNC. I, I, I'm surrounded by women with anti-abortion views, and I've been pro-choice minus where you should have some restrictions because babies can live at 20 weeks. Some live at 19. But I remember saying that. And, and I, you know, I went through everything, and I searched, and I actually researched what PPFA was about and what they actually do to poor young girls who are in stirrups and ask for more money so they can continue the fucking abortion. It's a money mill. They make trillions of dollars killing babies. They statistically say that's not what they do because they use the numbers of STDs and and um, AIDS tests and things like that. Those are statistically more surmountable than the abortions they do, which is only, what, uh, 650,000 babies a year? One place? That's where they make their money. And then we give them $700 million so that they don't have to use any of that money to finance that. Then they get caught selling baby parts, and that's okay. I mean, so this is a horrible organization. But I've never really changed from that because it's none of my fucking business what you do. But I don't think you should be killing a baby when it comes to full term. And you guys actually say that's codifying Roe. So I don't want to relitigate abortion. But I was hounded for weeks for saying that. And I thought I was pretty woke. Because, once again, mom, sister, wife, women I worked with, nobody was for just have baby come out We'll give it comfort and we'll decide what we want to do with it. Most likely just throw it in the trash. That was never on the slide job. You know, nobody ever talked about that. None of the women I knew were for that. But I got hounded and called evil and that my God was fake. And I never even said anything about religion. I have said subtle things because I got banned off Twitter twice for answering a question Are there two genders? And uttering gender dysphoria. And I was banned for a week under role. What's what's his name? Yost or what was that dickhead? The, The gay guy that left Twitter and said he was threatened and people were trying to kill him. Um... I've had horrible things said to me and threats of violence and I'm fucking nobody. The internet is a horrible place. Dave Chappelle said it 
Everybody knows it. You wouldn't go there if it was a real place because it's all evil. Everybody's evil. Everybody's an avatar, not a real person. Everybody says things that they would never say in person to people. And it just fosters the dark side in all of us because we can lie behind a handle. The salty one. I can say things as the salty one that I would never say to a person. Problem is, it's now in the world because all you fuckheads became more digital than you did real. And then after COVID, you just took that shit to the street. We watched Anifa beat motherfuckers to death. Wasn't a threat. They killed them. They tried to kill cops. And they killed 36 of them. Wounded 900? So which side is evil? I kind of like to think the people that are the real fascists and shut down all forms of speech during election season and rig algorithms, you motherfuckers are the evil ones. The far right's a bunch of shitheads too, but I'm just saying, when I was a child, they told me how to fuck, eat, and think, and speak, and what God was real. As an adult, it's you lefty motherfuckers. You got some problems. You need to work your shit out. And I don't think you are because we go into the role. After a hospital explosion, Mitchell lamely labels the squad outspoken. Then she fights with the rep who condemn Hamas media bag dag bobs. We're just going to start with her because she's a fucking icon. Her whole life was shit because men are bad and shit. But she goes on TV every day and she motherfucking lies. With the Democratic Party divided, with some members, especially the Muslim American members of Congress, uh, particularly from Michigan, Minnesota, uh, the, the few members of, um, of Congress in the Democratic Party who are Muslim and have been very outspoken. And... Jared, what do you know so far about Israel and the intelligence that the U.S. says uh, Israel was not responsible for the bombing of the hospital, although at this point it may not matter because the Arab world thinks so, and the State Department just issued a travel warning, uh, Jared Moskowitz, against, for, uh, about terror threats around the world to Amer any Americans traveling. Now, here's what I know. What I know is we saw a disgusting display of anti-Israel, anti-Zionism, and anti-Semitism from the international media around the world. They immediately took Hamas's word for it. Hamas, a terrorist organization, who said something and ran with it. It caused riots around the world. It caused the president's meeting to be canceled. But when Israel said it wasn't true, they had to show satellite imagery. They had to show trajectory of the bomb. They had to explain the crater size. They had to show all sorts of audio intelligence. But Hamas, their word was taken seriously. So look, this is shows how dangerous it is to be listening to a terrorist organization when they put out numbers, when they put out facts and figures, and they put out statements. And it's a lesson for the media and elected officials that this is an active war zone. And we have to be careful before we take stuff and weaponize it. Because look what it caused. I ask, uh, seriously, who the fuck, what, what fucking side is she on? What, what side? Probably the same side the rest of these fuckers. This is about the church that did not 
get fucked up, and it's our media jerk off. the media jerk off of the week. Gaza under siege and under fire from Israelis aerial onslaught. A section of one of the oldest churches in the region being used to shelter civilians reduced to rubble, seen in this video circulating online. In the south of Gaza, where the Israeli military told Palestinians to flee for their safety, a massive crater gouged into the ground. Rescuers digging out the dead with their bare hands. What is your read on how Palestinians still trapped inside Gaza feel when they hear those remarks? Do they feel that support from the United States? No, but also Palestinians in the West Bank, in East Jerusalem, and the overwhelming majority of the Arab world understand that President Biden, and that's how they feel, and talking to them after last night, they think this was meant for a domestic audience, for the Americans. And uh, they see the unconditional aid to Israel. Yes, he cited the two-state solution, but he's unwilling to do anything to pressure Israel to stop to freeze settlement constructions or to rein in some of these very violent settlers that are in the West Bank where Hamas doesn't exist. So this is what they have been telling me, that Palestinians don't want charity, they want dignity, they want freedom, they want what the president said about freedom, self-determination. Joining me now is Nayara Haq, a former senior State Department advisor and former White House senior director under President Obama. Nayara, my friend, thank you for being here. Um, the challenge uh, is enormous. Um, because the anger and the rage um, about this bombing of this hospital, however, whoever did it, isn't one of the challenges here is that there isn't really a trusted voice who can answer the question who did it. No one wants to take Hamas's word for it, certainly. The IDF uh, and the Israeli military has had issues. There was an American journalist, a Palestinian-American journalist who was killed. What they said about it initially turned out not to be true. And there have been, you know, bombings of UN-related schools, et cetera, in the past. So they're not being believed either. And then the U.S. repeated, um, including President Biden, that story about 40 beheaded babies that then the IDF could not confirm and was unconfirmed, but he said it in a speech out loud and that fanned even more flames. So the challenge here is who are people gonna listen to? Well, in this information environment, the first piece of information you get in any intelligence assessment is often wrong. You have to wait 24 hours, 48 hours to get dig in, literally in some cases, dig into the rubble and get answers on who did what, where, when, why, how. But we expect answers immediately. And we expect them in our phones right away. And that's what the communicators and the president are responding to. The, the challenge is that the, the United States has always been a strong ally of Israel. And that has been defined as a strong ally of whichever government is there. So you could have 75% of Israelis upset with Netanyahu and not agreeing with his decisions, but the United States is in a position where it defends the government that exists. And so that has created a challenge of outside actors. You've seen and you know there will be those who continue to believe that Israel was behind it, largely because Israel has carried out strikes on medical facilities and shelters and ambulances before. I wonder what kind of commitment did President Biden get from Prime Minister Netanyahu 
to stop targeting and stop hitting civilian and medical facilities. The last two, I play the whole thing because Reed says stuff on her shows that are so fucking fucked up, but nobody seems to care. And PBS, we finance that shit. Yeah, we, we finance that crap. Um, heading to new slides. Blah, damn. Um, oh, do I not have any more slides? Where are we at? I guess I don't. No, there's more. Where's she at? Bing. Okay, so now we start getting it. I fucked up. NBC News. Going straight with Baghdad Bob. Yeah, Baghdad Bob. That's good shit, man. Like, right straight down what they're pulling out. You know, this is the stuff they put out. We're going to just run it because we're reporters and shit. You know, we don't fucking actually want to side with the human side of this carnage that people went into people's homes and slaughtered kids and wives. No, we're not going to cover that. We're, we're going to just cover what Baghdad Bob says. Yeah, that's fuck that that somebody just makes sense. I mean, that's what what we have. That's what we have for media. They will do anything to help the left. They just they do it. AP Militant, terrorists, and more. The news media navigate a war of words and reports on Gaza and Israel. Latest by me at the Washington Post. Haddad Hanerson, a resident of Kibbutz near Oz, in an apartment television on Thursday, two of her children have been detained by Hamas. Tell me I got that picture. Nope, I didn't. Detained. Her children were abducted by terrorists and WAPO goes with detained. And let me get it up here because it, it just, it's hard. For me, it's very hard to even wrap my heads, my, my heads, my head around this. Detained. Really. Sarah Silverman claims she was stoned when she endorsed Israel move to shut off Gaza water. Yeah, because, you know, Congressional staffers are pressing the uh, anonymously signed letter urged Congress to back a ceasefire. Here's what they told me and why they feel they need to remain anonymous. HuffPost. I applaud the courageous Muslim and Jewish congressional staffers that a letter called for a ceasefire. I'm aware of your risk you're taking to stand on the right side of history. I see you. We see you. You are loved, valued, and appreciated. Congresswoman Antichrist, Cory Bush. Illinois' attorney in the state comptroller office fired over grossly anti-Semitic messages. Let's uh, break this down for this week's breakdown. Yes, brought to you by shitbags. Shitbags. They're everywhere. Sarah Chowdhury. Vermin should have all been killed decades ago. You Zionist will pay. I'm blowing this shit up. Yeah, this is... This is good shit. These are these are the good people. These are the people we need to uh, vote for. Hopefully, someone sends you anthrax or poison, and you die a slow, terrible death. Praying to God for it, actually, fucking Jew. 
I get it. You want to fuck this Jew. Sorry, sweetheart. You're not my type. I'd rather put you in a gas chamber. Bet you'd like that with all your Zionist ancestors. Hitler should have eradicated all of you. Yes. Yes. That, my brothers and sisters, is the good people. I mean, I by no means believe that kids should be killed on either side. You know, I'm just kind of an anti-kill-kid guy. But the reality is, as we've gone through this, uh, let's let every motherfucker come in because that's what we do uh, to be humane, a.k.a. we want unfettered, universal, nonstop, forever monarchy for Democrats. So we're trying to get these people in here so they can vote for us. This Islamist here should not be in the country. I mean, people like this should go the fuck away. Here's that fucking idiot. How dare you, Greta Thunberg. And then she backed off it because she realized that probably wasn't um, right. Name this band. Oh, I didn't get that picture. Yeah, that's funny. That was uh, Carol Roth. Hmm. New open letter to Harvard President Claude Gay, signed by over 70 faculty members. We call on you and the Harvard leadership to publicly and unequivocally condemn the intimidation and harassment of people who want Jews to die. UC Davis, do you think it's appropriate that one of your faculty advisor, Jemias O.K., is publicly threatening to murder Jews at their homes? One group of people we have easy access to in the U.S. is all these Zionist journalists who spread propaganda and misinformation. They have houses with addresses, kids at school. They can fear their bosses, but they should fear us more with knives and axes and dripping blood. That's a good person. But once again... Those insurrectionists, those fucking mega Nazis, we called them Nazis. AP had the balls to then say, after the lie about the hospital, an Associated Press visual analysis finds a deadly blast that rocked a Gaza hospital. It was likely caused by rockets from Palestinian territory. That, like, we didn't do it. We're now good because we said we didn't do it, but... Many Hassan. Well, now we, we've assessed on a hospital, but they're doing it a lot. So, uh, yeah. Queers for Palestine. That um, was a thing. Popular Arab Muslim TikTok influencer posted a video of him coming across Queers for Palestine group at the Lenin Palestinian rally today, expressed disgust and mockery at them. Gaza is sharing governance under Hamas criminalized male same sex marriage. Let's listen to this really quick.
I just want to finish with the values first, because it's just amazing to me that the American left, so much of it, throws their lot in with people whose values yeah. I, I hope they don't share. But let's go through them. Because values and customs make a difference, okay? And the people of Gaza, who, by the way, if the Israelis did get rid of Hamas, they'd be doing a giant favor yes. to the people of Gaza who hate Hamas, too. <laughs> but uh, let's just go through the list. Because the Israelis rep look like us in most ways, values-wise. Maybe we're not doing it the right way. I don't know. Religious tolerance. That doesn't exist in Gaza. You're either Muslim or an infidel, and you better be a Muslim. Female freedom. Free and fair elections. Free speech. Gay rights. I see these queers for Palestine. Did you hear their sister banners. organization, Blacks for the KKK? <laughs> <laughs> it's like... By the way, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gay man. I've lived in Berlin. This is a level of masochism that even I cannot comprehend. Right. <laughs> I mean... You know what? I'm going to just... Uh, uh, can I just finish my list of pedophilia? I'll put that under don't ask. Child brides and so forth. Equality of the sexes. I'll categorize that under don't make me fucking laugh. The, the fact that, you know, these people think that this is where they should be uh, uh, aligned with? That these are the values that you support? I think this, this past week... Once again, me and Bill Maher, old school liberals. Uh, yeah, what the fuck, yo? What the fuck? What is wrong with you? I mean, it, just to own the cons? Is that what it is? Or is it really Zionism? Is, is that what bugs you people so much? Here's what they did when the attack came. These are Hamas. And then there's this huge Trey Yanks. And, and I got to say, if any dude over there, my wife watches, um, you know, a lot of Fox. I don't watch cable news anymore. I know I cover it and I dog it and it seems hypocritical, but I just got to a point where I just can't turn that shit on. I'd rather watch um, my 14th view of a Tacoma FD season one through four then watch these idiots. But he's been all over this. And I mean, th this is, these are the people they're siding with. Jillian, good afternoon. We do have some breaking news for you here. Fox News has obtained and reviewed an Israeli interrogation video of a Hamas militant who participated in the October 7th massacre. I do need to warn our viewers, what I am about to describe is incredibly graphic, but it gives new details on what took place two weeks ago. In the video, you see a Hamas militant. He is in a white cloth jumpsuit sitting across from an Israeli interrogator. That interrogator is asking him questions. This militant was captured outside of Alumim, a small community, a kibbutz that sits on the border with Gaza. In the video, he describes the preparation and coordination for this assault on southern Israel. He talks about a telegram group 
that Hamas fighters had, and they were communicating as the massacre took place, sending videos as they got them, as they were killing civilians in their homes. And this interrogator asks him about Islam, and he acknowledges that in the religion, you are told not to kill women, children, and elderly people. But he describes what Hamas commanders told them to do. He says that commanders said they could do whatever they felt like doing, and that this was a suicide mission, telling them they should not plan on coming back. New details about what exactly was going through the minds of these militants as they entered and slaughtered so many innocent people. He says commanders told them to step on the heads of civilians, to behead them and do whatever they felt like. He went on to talk about how Hamas and ISIS are being compared. The interrogator asked him about this comparison, and he agreed. He said, we burned, we slaughtered and beheaded people. And then he went on to ask more questions. And this interrogator was pushing this Hamas fighter and this militant to get more information from him. And he said, we became animals, things that humans do not do. And when the interrogator asked him, what type of things did you do to these civilians after you killed them? He described them, and we can't describe them to you because they are too graphic to explain on television. But it gives you a sense of what exactly took place. More than 1,400 Israelis slaughtered at the hands of Hamas militants who entered southern Israel on October 7th, starting this conflict that's erupted behind us. And we do know by this video that we obtained and reviewed, they were given coordinated, specific plans to come into Israel and put all beliefs aside with one goal in mind, to inflict as much terror on the civilian population here as possible. Jillian. Trey, important reporting this morning for us. Thank you very much. Great. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great shit right there. Those are the people that they're fighting for. Those are the people that they're saying are the victim. Those people. And before I play, you know, uh, um, a video of once again an Israeli person having to defend Israel after they've had the worst attack, worse than we ever had. Here is a bunch of on campus and protests with Ali Akbar and fuck the Jews and. Yeah, our media, just none of this. We're not, you know, you had people infiltrating capital riots and the FBI and arresting grandmas for praying on a sidewalk. But say, kill all Jews. Yeah, that's that, nothing to see here. Keep it moving. You are supporting the worst possible 
like anybody else, though, right? Are you saying their free speech right is greater than mine? Yeah. Oh, you are, right? Well, all I can say is you are supporting rapists and murderers, and you. guess that makes you happy. Keep working, keep working. I want you to find me one example of the Okay, so let's uh, finish out Hamas with a representative from uh, Israel dogging CNN. We'll go straight into gay shit or woke. I just wanted to play gay shit today. You're going to see uh, CBS about the woke museum because, um, yeah, let's, why not? Let woke Latino. 
thing because everything is racist. A Minnesota rep saying that uh, women just need to work harder. If you can't beat a dude in your sport, then you just need to fucking hit the gym, you transphobe. And actually, what October 7th did is pull off all the masks. The understanding that what we are seeing in protests on the streets, on campuses, in Congress, mm -hmm. on social media, anybody that cannot unequivocally condemn the atrocities, the barbaric, savage acts of October 7th is actually identifying with Hamas, a genocidal terror organization that is fueled by the very same anti-Semitism that enabled it to murder and butcher and maim and rape and abduct and is empowered by these voices that excuse it, that justify it, that deny it. And at the core of all of that is anti-Semitism in its mutated form, the modern mainstream form on university campuses, online, on the streets, the form of anti-Zionism. Anybody that does not accept the existence of the State of Israel, which Hamas in its charter, just like Mein Kampf, is committed to annihilating, to the murder of Jews, just like Nazis were committed to, anybody that does not support that existence is clearly identified with the anti-Semitism of today's version. On campuses, as you said, on the streets around the world, in Germany, Jewish homes are marked by a Star of David, making them targets. We know right here on our campuses, students are targeted as Jews or as supporters of Israel, and so on and so on. Before October 7th, one of the things that many American Jews like to point out is that I can be supportive of Judaism, but I do not have to be supportive of the policies of the government of Israel. Is there that distinction in your mind in the other direction? Are people, do people separate Jews from Israelis? So, first of all, it's a very important question because criticism of the government, any government of any democratic country, is not only acceptable, it's a must in democracies. And we know Israelis more than any, plenty criticize their government. The difference is, and that's where the anti-Semitism piece and the, the masks are off, is between criticism and delegitimization. The questioning of Israel's very right to exist, identifying or holding up signs that say, we are Hamas, is like holding up signs after October 7th that say, we are Al-Qaeda, we are ISIS, we are Nazis, where we have to be very clear, for Jews and non-Jews alike, that it is not to do with criticism. The genocidal terror that attacked Jews on October 7th does not see any place for a state of Israel to exist in any borders. It delegitimizes its very existence. Mm. And that is a very important differentiation, including that's in the IHRA, the um, International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition of anti-Semitism that clearly st Hey, 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 bow, 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 Lil pump and cut. The day when the museum is going to open, how do you envision what you're going to feel when you walk into that museum in Inauguration Day? Well, when we open our doors, when that ribbon cutting is going to be very emotional for many people. 
I know for me it's going to be a sense of accomplishment, feeling proud that, that we were able to do this, that we were able to persevere, just like our people have for many years, and get, get something done, and, uh, and create a legacy, not only for, for ourselves, but for our children and our grandchildren, for many to come. I envision mariachi somewhere along Absolutely. the line. Absolutely, no question right? about it. And a lot of amazing food. Um, and just really, I think we're going to see a turnout of not just Latinos. I think you're going to see the diversity of people across this country that are going to come out and support this effort. When you get Cubans together and Dominicans together and Mexicans, Mexicans and Guatemalans and Sudamericanos, etc., all of a sudden you've got a lot of talking and you've got a lot of people with a lot of different ways of looking at what the Latino experience is. And I can guarantee you this. There's going to be a lot of laughter and there's going to be a lot of joy, but there's going to be tears of just knowing we finally, finally have our museum. It's teary right now. Yes. The best we got was, well, some parents are concerned that their daughter might miss out on a scholarship. They might miss out on playing for this team or that team. Boy, that doesn't sound like community. That sounds like selfishness. I'm sorry to label it that way, but that sounds like what it is to me. I'm only worried about myself. I'm not worried about building the team and having my school have a powerful team. All right. Yeah, those are uh, those are the usual. That, that's that's per SOP. We're gonna just just move on because that just makes me angry. Are you fucking shitting me? But that's the world we're in right now. Um, that representative, Dave Constantine, during debate, Bill banned boys playing ghost boys. Some parents are concerned. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. I didn't even play the whole soundbite. Washington Post torn to shreds for defending peeping biological male living at a sorority house. And that's him right there. Pretend to be a girl. And that's... The crux. That's where we're at for you libs who think we're all transphobes. Once again, saying every podcast, probably annoying for the longtime listeners, but if you just fell off a pumpkin truck and found this podcast, I could give a fuck if you want to be a leprechaun. Be a unicorn. Fuck walruses. I don't care. But when it's my kids... Or my datre, mm-mm. I, I got problems, brah. Mm. And with everything going on in the world, this is pretty good. A labor party to make misgendering a crime. That's where we're at. You can say, kill the fucking Jews. But you accidentally say, sir, to a woman who think she's a dude you're yeah you're a piece of shit professor debbie brooks at Penn state sent this email to her students telling them they didn't have to come to class merely because i was on campus don't worry she was sure to let know the cast campus is coming out that day and this is of course riley Gaines. and uh let me just read some of her tripe hi all there are a number scheduled in a room and events taking place at Penn State today, and over the next few days we'll have classes scheduled. I plan to talk about some of the issues brought up at these events. I hope you all will be in class and contribute your thoughts. However, I recognize that some folks may not feel comfortable being on campus while these events are taking place. Riley Gaines is a former athlete who is anti-trans. This seems like a good way to counter the hateful message espoused by Miss Gaines. 
Don't listen to other people's thoughts or opinions because they're evil. And then this lady who has monetized wokeness. I got to say, I never saw this. This was never on my bingo card. I thought this lady would go the fuck away. But Frozen, which I thought was woke because it was a a gay coming out story. No, now it's racist because ice is white or something. is this idea that children are innocent. I mean, certainly born innocent, but research shows that by age three, as early as age three, they mm. understand that it's better to be white. Wow. Let me be clear. Not that white people are better, but that it's just better to be white. Mm. And let me give you an example of, of uh, Frozen, the movie Frozen. Yes. It, it's huge, this movie, right? Mm. I, I've seen little girls all over the world with the backpacks and I mean, you can't watch that movie and not know that the ideal is white, blue eyes, blonde hair, red hair. That's just one example. And you can have maybe a frog that turns into a princess for a minute and goes back to a frog and she's a brown girl. But that doesn't, that's the exception, not the rule. So don't be naive about what they're they're internalizing and how early. and also don't don't be naive that you can just lecture them <laughs> and you know you know you shouldn't and then that's fine what is your life like you know the idea of on the airplane put your oxygen mask on and then turn towards the more vulnerable mm-hmm. so do you have an integrated life you're you're telling your children everybody's equal but you have never had a person of color at your dinner table that when in the name of Zeus's ass crack is that woman's 15 minutes up? Responses, you can't make this stuff up. Needs more Norse black people. So tired of Prague babble. This is what happens when you look for racism and everything. Why is Dove soap white? Racism is the product and she is selling it as often as possible. It's her source of income, so it needs to be everywhere. And that's just, that's it, man. I mean, she has monetized it monetized and it's fucking insane because you know where are we at uh we're gonna do this in a second oh i'm a fucking idiot hold on i fucked this all up this was sent by james wood so let's you know we did this um a while back but this is more amazing february 19th to 15th aromatic spectrum awareness then we got the gay, transgender, national asexual, day of pink, posing homophobia, day of silence, lesbian visibility, national day against homophobia, agender, Harvey Milk Day, pansexual, entire month of June, pride month, Stonewall, international, 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 bisexual, celebrate, celebrate bisexually. Entire month of October, LGBT History Month. International Lesbian, National Coming Out, Gender Fluid, International Spirit, Asexual, Intersexual, Entire Month of November, Trans Awareness, Transparent Day, Intersex, Transgender, Transgender, blah, 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 blah. They have fucking monetized this shit. It is fucking amazing. They're really good. I mean, they're fucking, really fucking good at this shit. 
So here's a, just a couple one-offs. Uh, a French nun tackled one of the environmental wackos trying to blockade the construction of a new church. She needs to be on the Packers because they clearly don't know how to fucking tackle. And then uh, from Liz TikTok, a man who was previously arrested on charges of lewd actions with a minor is right across the street from a school offering free fentanyl. And you can't stop them. So basically homeless for 26 years. 46-year-old Adam Moore tells me he has lived on the sidewalk across the street from Stella Maris Academy for more than two years and that his sign offering free fentanyl for new users is no joke. Moore says he's just passing on the drugs that other people give him in exchange for blankets and supplies he provides. They feel bad if they don't reciprocate. So they bring me trash that they've scavenged, things that they think are valuable. Or they give me some of the drugs that they have, which I don't do. You're exposing grade school kids to this. Mm -hmm. This is not right. You know that. No, no, it's, I mean, the it's kid, shallow. I mean, so, the, kid, the kids come out of the school and they see this? Yeah. Yeah, I only live by two rules. Uh, be kind to others and make it look easy for children. The Richmond District Police Captain told me they recently tried an undercover sting on Moore, but he didn't have any drugs at the Once again. Once again, that's the same kind of bullshit that goes on. You're fucking with nuns and blocking churches. And in that city, man, it's like a crime to fucking say anything other than prog ideology. But yeah, dude can hooch out in front of fucking little kids. The Guardian got their butt, well, got their undies in a bunch. Uh, Daily Wire started a cartoon app. I'm drinking apple cider. It's my new thing. Uh, I was accusing Chipchilla of being a blatant bluey knockoff, but it's different from one. It's chinchillas, not dogs. They're right, though. This is th that it uses a family of talking animals of bright colors. Things bluey invented. I'm a fan of bluey, but you have the problem with it you have with all modern shows. How sure are you they aren't going to give in to pressure to tell little kids about alternative lifestyles? With Benke, you have someone you can trust to tell those weirdos to take a hike. So many kids' shows these days feel as part of their audience as left-wing adults, and that's who they need to appease. So, one of Bentley's four original series for Chip Chilla is an animated show about a family of chinchillas who are homeschooled by their parents. Voiced by embattled former Broadway actor Laura Osnes, that's fancy talk for loser, an actor and culture warrior, Rob Schneider. The pastel color palette bears resembled to a certain beloved Australian animated preschool series, and the three kids of parents in the series engage in elaborate role play. You'll notice the music in the teaser also rings distinctly bluey bells. Well, chinchillas are fact actually furry rodents native of South America, but there's nothing vaguely Latino about the American accented character in Chipchilla. In the six episodes I watched, inhabit a very wholesome, heteronormative, patriotic piece of shit. Loser insurrectionist Nazis, not the actual people calling for the death of Jews. No conservatives. T 
take gender roles, for instance, while Chili, the mother, is bluey, is engaged outside the home with work. The father, Banda, is an active and relatively equal caregiver to the two kids. The parents and Chip Chilla, meanwhile, embody more traditional roles. Mother, Chili, voiced by Onzes, Onzes, Osnes, I don't know, fuck, uh, O-S-N-E-S. I don't know who they are. Does a lot of feeding, nurturing, and affection giving while the distinctly alpha father, Chum Chum Schneider, leads the charge while Chinny assists in teaching topics such as Frankenstein, the Three Musketeers, and American Heroic Role Models. Flapper responds, the horror. I grew up in the 80s. Every cartoon looked like every other cartoon because they all came from the same two or three studios. Esther Smith, it's actually working a little a bit uh, like a bit of an advert for Guardian readers who just read the headline who wouldn't have otherwise heard about it. Lots of parents enjoy Bluey and would be interested in exploring a similar program. Who cares if the knockoff is also awesome? I love Bluey. Bluey is already quite conservative to begin with. It's a nuclear family, hardworking, promoting show. Ragdoll, Magic Claw, and Grumpy Grannies are pure capitalist episodes. So they're all butthurt because, you know, the Daily Wire is saying, fuck it, we're going to do our own shit. I think it's kind of stupid because it's, well, here's a, here's a tease. You made it. Oh, hello. Want to play? I've seen enough. These two are ready. Ready or not, here we go. Please keep your arms and legs inside the cart at all times. Mm -hmm. Hurry up, the party is starting soon. Yeah! Follow me! Where is he going? We're going on a treasure hunt. We're exploring the wild blue yonder. It's chilla time. Pretty incredible. It's unbelievable. Whether big or little, little or big, we all have fabulous adventures together. Wow! It's time to head off for adventure! Look around you! All we need is the bit of music! Drum solo! (laughs) Imagine this. Don't get the outrage. You know, I... The, The... before we went to it, I, I kind of said, hey, you know, the, I don't get it. If you're just going to push conservative stuff or religion, um, it's kind of hypocritical because that's what we as non-progs, once again, not a conservative, I'm just not a prog, get upset about, you know? Um, shit, I'm doing it again. My wife always gets pissed off when she sees the videos and I'm stretching my shirt. It's back when I was fat, I'd pull it over my knee because I hated shirts touching my belly. Um, we get pissed off when they're trying to force an agenda on children. And this will be a conservative type thing doing the same thing. And that's cool if that's what you want your kids to see. So, I mean, I know it's different. Um, the problem with the left is you see this stuff everywhere and it's not what you think. You know, you, you put them on PBS and you think they're going to see Sesame Street and shit. But instead, they're getting a full dose of uh, LGBTQ um, indoctrination, which is, you know, if, if a parent, you know, wants that, hey, that's fine. Um that's up to the parent, but it's when it's just everywhere you go is some 
kind of LGBTQ bullshit or everybody's racist, American flag's garbage, America sucks, you suck, your mom sucks. Man, that gets tiring. Um, So I get what they're doing. They're trying to provide an outlet for other people to have voice and not brainwash kids and show a more normal, heteronormative, conservative uh, example. Because probably, let's be honest, um, I had uh, family members that were very super religious with their kids. I'm sure their kids were kind of like if you've ever watched one of the Amish shows. Um, they get that period where they go out and they can go clubbing, get their fucking freak flag out and fly it. And some of them don't come back to the religion because it was forced. Um, you know, for us, when we were in South Carolina, it was very racial, and I've talked about it in depth on the show, so I'm not going to relitigate that era, but we ended up moving back out because we had some racist neighbors that accused us of stuff and assaulted my wife, and everybody was just race. Everything was race there. So... Um, you know, it was a total lie that my wife hit this woman. This woman hit my wife and broke her necklace. And it was in front of my kids. It was fucking horrible. I almost got kicked out of the army over it. Um, the neighborhood we lived in was predominantly African-American. Like, we were the only white family. And when we went to school, our kids were the only white kids. And through it all, all they were taught was... Um, it was before, and this is the 90s, they were taught all African-American history. Instead of chapters about George Washington, it was chapters about Grover Washington. I think that's him, Canadian, made a, a peanut dude, or I don't know, fuck, I, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> Some African-American inventor. And um, Frank uh, Douglas and things like that. And we never had a problem with it. Um, because we thought, uh, we were liberals at the time, that this was good for the kids to see what it would be like for an African-American kid to go to a school that's predominantly white. Um, when I went to school, we, we didn't have a lot. In my graduating class, maybe 20 African-Americans, and it was 670 kids. We had a lot of Oriental boat people from, um, I guess you're not supposed to say boat people, but people from Vietnam that came over. Um, Latino was already a big thing there. Um, but it was predominantly white. And I, I'm sure it'd be hard. I mean, I, I did three years on the trail and I was doing the same thing my kids were. Two white guys, they had to spread the white people out in the battalion. Because the majority of the drill sergeants ended up there were African Americans because they grew up in that area. They were Southerners and they wanted to go drill there. Or they were combat services support. And combat services support is majority African American. Minority, it's not white people. Um, whereas the infantry is like 30% African-American. I think it's 10% Latino. The rest is white. Um, at least when I was in. We thought it was good. And it wasn't like it was pushing unfactual shit. And I think that's where you get off. Like, I don't care if my kids are getting black history. Or what happened at Stonewall. Or, or these incidents in our history are being taught without a editorial slant, I have no problem with that because they need to learn the history of America. 
But it's when it's straight up, you know, America's garbage and we've never done anything right and we've never made amends for slavery and we've never, never, never. You start stacking that shit up and you start brainwashing kids just for a political reason. That's what it's for. It's not to erase history or change history or... or it is for politics. You're trying to brainwash kids to be liberal. The funny thing is they already are liberal. I didn't start having conservative ideals until my 40s. I mean, I was a West Coast kid, but I mean, I didn't see things, taxes and uh, foreign policy, race relations. And it was from the lens of a white person, but I was in the military where it was very integrated with females, the whole nine yards, well, not in infantry, but you know, um, I became conservative because of the push of the media and what they were putting out and what colleges were putting out. And just, it's not factual. Especially, you know, you take out the race, the D'Angelo's and the idiots there, and you put in the LGBTQ plus EIEIO cosine of five people. That shit's over the top, man. You're just pushing an agenda. And I don't know what your agenda is. You say it's to make kids that won't hate gay people. I never really knew anybody that hated gay people. I just didn't. Being a West Coast kid, being in the Army, none of us really gave a flying fuck. It was just like anything else. Whatevs, don't really care. You want to suck a dick, suck a dick. That's, That's you, man. I don't care. It never was, oh, you faggot. Faggot? Didn't mean homosexual. Faggot meant everything from you're a good dude to you're a douchebag. I mean, that's it was a term of endearment half the time. Um, and I never even knew it was homosexual until, you know, we got woke. So I guess part of me is cool with it. Part of me is not. If you're going to turn the Daily Wire into MSNBC, which it kind of is, but for kids, that's up to parents if they want to do it. Um but I don't see what brainwashing right, how that's not hypocritical. Why don't we just not brainwash? Why don't we just put out cartoons that have universal, be kind. Be kind. You know, I walk every day and I listen to music. And sometimes when I drift off, you know, I, I still have the dreams of when I was younger, I'd be a rock star, you know. And I always think if I ran, if I was talented and I actually was a rock star, that would be my whole thing, just be kind. I wouldn't be woke. I wouldn't push agendas. I mean, I push suicide prevention for vets, but it would just be kind. All these problems is just about kindness. We are so unkind as a species. We're just horrible. We treat people like garbage. It isn't, once again, it's not racism or sexism or transphobia. It's dickhead. Being a dick. Being an asshole. Being a troll. And we have a serious class problem. This week, once again, across the board, without fail, I got more Taylor Swift's boinking that football dude than Israeli. In my cards. 
And once again, I'm not searching for it, but it's because that is now being pushed by everybody. And there was this huge fucking thing. Um, I didn't bookmark it because it was fucking stupid. Um, Ke- Kelly Clarkson um, said something about sports. And, like, she went to go find the game for, well, she's, she roots for a shitty team, too. Like I do. And, um got nuked by these Swifties and Kelseys and these people. This is this is turning into like the royal nuptials between the African-American chick and one of the princes, and I don't remember their fucking names because I literally glaze over and go comatose whenever we talk about Britain. Royals. I, I, why do we fucking care? I don't know. Um, I understand when the queen died, but you know, other than that, I don't give a fuck. And she got nuked for saying that. That's more important than all the problems we have in the world. It's more important. Going to talk about this, but we'll save it for another podcast. Because this this is the deal. Confidence matches 2016. Since 1972, the pollsters of Gallup have asked about confidence in the mass media. On Thursday, they announced their latest poll found 32% of the public have a great deal or fair amount of trust in the media. The latest poll conducted September 1st, 23 marks just the second time along with last year that share Americans who have no confidence of all in the media have surpassed the percentage of great deal or fair. 30%. I want to know who those people are. Because, I mean, I'll be honest. If you're watching Fox, you got a slant. If you're watching CNN, you got a left slant. If you're watching MSNBC, far, 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 far left. I mean, next podcast, I got some shit about Rachel Maddow. She's back to being a god again. And in line with that, it has to do with that you were saying that this guy who literally is fucking a barely functional human is a great guy. You you want him to be reelected. And I I I think it I mean that was of young kids. Kids. They always vote them a void. They always vote Democrat. It's what they do. They think this guy's a soup bone. So I think it's starting to get to the point, the tipping point, that um, people are seeing the media for what they are. They're just an extension of the Democratic Party or the GOP over on Fox. And we're kind of trying to find sources that just give you facts. I don't want an editorial. If I wanted an editorial, I'd go to the editorial page. But we've gotten so bad now, I don't even watch Gutfield. used to watch Gutfield. It was funny. I don't watch that. I don't watch... The wife doesn't watch The Five anymore. We, we tune in to find some news, but YouTube getting foreign coverage. And we balance it between Al Jazeera the Hamas side, and um, an Indian network, which has been, my God, it's nothing like we have. It's pretty straight up. They're bashing both sides. What a concept. Um, you know, it, it's just, 
It's frustrating. You know, I know it's been a lot of sound bites, but it's it is hard to believe what I am playing. I understood George Floyd riots. That was their team. They knew it was going to get Biden elected. And they couldn't disparage those people because they're lefty voters. But the fact that our media only prints for the left, New York Times, WAPO, all of them, CNN, MSC, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, PBS, all of them just so scared to lose their clicks that we no longer report facts, that's scary. That's really scary. And uh, we got to fix that. Just saying. We we need to fix that. So this wraps up another episode of Flavor Politics Podcast. Share with your family friends. Go to Flavor Politics with a K on SoundCloud, Rumble, 482467, at gmail.com. 26 October, year of the Lord, 2023 will be our next podcast. And then we're going to do a Halloween one. I got a crack appointment. Go get my crack, break your mama's back, come back here and do another podcast. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yeahs. And as always, thanks for listening. You take care. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. Seven lives.